0: Good morning. Today is Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020. This week's Parsha, the Parsha of Korach, has a rebellion led by Korach against Moshe, and it's based on big issues authority, equality, who is the chosen leader, who is holy, rebellion power, democracy, big issues, big ideas that are being debated in a very forceful, dramatic way. But Sivan Rahab Meir points out a line of commentary within the Medrash that sees the whole narrative in a different light. There's one Medrash that says, Why is it that Korach started this whole rebellion? And the Midrash says it was because of the influence of his wife. His wife, he would come home and his wife would say to him, you know, why is your cousin Moshe the leader? Why is your cousin Aharon the the Kohen Gadol, the high priest? Why aren't you the leader? You should be the one in charge. And she would say it over and over at dinner and after dinner and before they went to sleep and when they had coffee in the morning and she would just keep saying why do you let yourself get trampled on by Moshe and Aaron and finally it just it, sunk in and Korach said I'm starting a rebellion. That's where it came from. And there's another Midrash that points out the same idea but in reverse. One of Korach's followers was a man named On ben Peles, On the son of Peles. And the Medrash says that he had a wife and when On came home and said, I'm joining this rebellion against Korach, with Korach against Moshe, his wife said to him, On, what are you doing? Listen, you have a dispute between Moshe and Korach. What has it got to do with you? If Moshe wins, you're not going to win. If Karak wins, you're not going to win. So what are you mixing in with something that's none of your business? And and On listened to his wife. She said it at dinner. She said it after dinner. She said it in the morning while they're having coffee. And the words sunk in. And he did not continue. And he was not part of the rebellion. And he and his family were saved. And what Sivan Rahab Meir derives from this is such an important lesson, and that is what affects us the most in life is the messages that we hear at home. What we talk about in our living room, what we talk about in our dining room, in our kitchen, what we talk about in our bedroom, those small intimate conversations, that's the atmosphere That is the values. Those are the jokes that we tell create the environment in which we develop. And what seems like the big issues of ideology and and war and peace and democracy and yeah, all right, that's, that's very, very important. But what really affects us, what really has an impact on who we are is the small talk we have quietly at home in private. That conversation is at the core of our lives, not the big stuff, not the stuff that's said in private in public, but the private, everyday, small talk. And that is the conversation we have to work so hard to protect and to elevate. So let me share with you this story from Rabbi Biederman. A man came to his Rebbe. He was a Hasidic man. He followed whatever the Rebbe said. He came to his Rebbe to discuss a problem that he was having. He was having a problem because he too often became angry and at home he would lose his temper too often and he knew it was wrong and he wanted to improve. So he came to his Rebbe to ask for advice. He came to his Rebbe and there was a line of people waiting to speak to the Rebbe, to speak to the teacher. So the man waited his turn And then when he came in, his rebbe, who knew this man and who knew his character, the rebbe said to him, would you please let the next man come in? And if you would please wait outside and you come in after him. Okay, the rebbe says the other man should go first, fine. This first man goes out and the second man comes in. The first man, so he's waiting for a few minutes, he wanders outside And he's standing just outside the window of the Rebbe's study where he's now sitting with this other second man. And it happens that the window is open. So the man outside can hear what the Rebbe is talking about. Maybe he shouldn't be listening, but he can hear what the Rebbe is talking about to this second man. And he overhears the following conversation and he can overhear it because perhaps the Rebbe is speaking a little bit more loudly than he needs to be speaking. So the Rebbe says to this second man, you see that fellow that just left my room? I want you to go outside and I want you to try to tempt him to become angry. I want you to do something that would tempt him to lose his temper. Now. Of course, the man outside is listening and he hears this conversation. Okay, the man inside, the second man, thinks to himself, well, that's kind of a strange request, but the Rebbe said to do it, so he says yes. So he goes and he does it. So the second man walks outside and he pretends to be preoccupied I guess you would say in these days he was texting on his phone, but maybe this was an earlier time. Okay, he's preoccupied and he accidentally bumps into the first man, knocks him over, he loses his balance, and the first man falls into a big puddle of water on the ground. He's covered with mud. He's completely dirty. He's wearing a nice jacket. The jacket tears. And the man who pushed him, Again, accidentally says, oh, I didn't mean it. It was by accident. And the man who's on the ground, he gets up. He's covered in mud. His jacket is torn. He says, no, it's no problem. Don't worry. I understand. These things happen. It's not a problem. Fine. Okay, now it's this man's turn to go back into the Rebbe, the first man. So he goes back in to the Rebbe's study. He sits down. And the Rebbe says, what can I do for you? The man says, I have a problem with anger. I have a problem with losing my temper. I'm trying to be able to work on it. Could you please give me some advice, some help to work on this problem, especially at home? I lose my temper and it's not good. Could you help me? So the Rebbe says, you know, I was just looking outside my window and I saw that another man bumped into you and you fell to the ground, and you fell in the mud, and you had a lot of reason to be very angry and upset, but you were very gracious. You were very calm. I don't see that you have any problem with anger." So the man says, "'Rebbe, please excuse me. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you know when you're speaking to someone privately in your study, perhaps you should not have the window open Rebbe says, what do you mean? What are you talking about? So the man says, again, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I was standing outside and the window was open and I could hear what you said to that second man and I heard you say to that man that he should come out and pretend to do something to make me angry. So the Rebbe said, okay, so what? What what does that matter? Well, the man says, well, That's why I was calm. That's why I was gracious because I knew it was going to happen and I knew that you had planned it. So I didn't get upset. The Rebbe says to him, that is the secret to controlling your anger. When you go home, it's not me that's looking. It's God who's looking. And if something happens and you realize that it is part of God's plan and you realize it is God who is watching you, that is what will help you avoid giving in to the temptation of anger. But I have to add one more point. And this is a point that comes from a very great rabbi who passed away several decades ago, Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz. And Rechaim Shuletz it says as follows. I, I mentioned to you the story of the wife of On Ben Pelas. So um, she said to her husband, listen, uh, why are you getting involved? If uh, Moshe wins, you're going to lose. If Korach wins, Korach's going to be the leader. You're still going to lose. Why should you get involved in a Machlokas when you have nothing to gain from it? The Talmud says that concerning this woman, she was so wise, the Talmud applies to her the words, (laughs) chachmas nashim bansa besa, that the wisdom of a woman can can be so exceedingly great that the entire household can survive on the basis of her wisdom. This is a, a peon to the special wisdom and insight that a woman has. Okay, that's what the Talmud says. Ask Rav Chaim Sumalevitz, it seems pretty simple. I mean, what kind of intelligence does it take to figure out? If it doesn't involve you, why should you get involved? Why should the Talmud be so effusive in its praise to this woman for saying something that really seems to be quite simple? And Rav Chaim answers. He says, yes, it's very simple advice and we all know it. But the Chachma, the wisdom, is in the midst of a heated argument to remember it and apply it. That's the chachma. That's the wisdom. Just to know it doesn't help. To be able to apply it in the heat of a moment, that is what makes all the difference. Finally, a man came to his rabbi and he said, my wife and I have been arguing. We don't have Shalom bias, There's no peace at home. We're always arguing. It's been going on like this for years. Rebbe, help me. What should I do? So the rabbi said to him, One must give in. The man says, I've been telling my wife that for ten years. But she doesn't listen. She just doesn't get it. And the rabbi said to him, and he looked at him and he said, it's slower and louder, one must give in. And the man says, Rabbi, you're absolutely right. I'm going to bring my wife here so she can hear you say it directly. Maybe if she hears it from you, it will make more of an impact. My friends, let it make an impact at the time that is needed most. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to seeing you all soon in person.